Welcome to Educating Susie, a podcast where I quite frankly will be indulging in my own curiosities about a variety of topics. Hopefully as I learn, you will be learning along with me. Topic 2, Episode 7 on the refugee crisis in East Africa. This episode contains three accounts from three separate women, all of which include descriptions of graphic sexual violence, which some listeners might find distressing, so it might not be suitable for younger ears. This is a really hard one to talk about. I don't really know where to even start. These three women came and sat in front of us, and we had our translator at the ready, and Leonie, who was the daughter, um, she was great. She could speak English and decided to be the one to translate. It was it was wonderful, actually, for us to have a female voice because that day, as wonderful as our male translators were, uh, it was the only account that we had in a female voice in English, and that was really special for us, but it became quite clear quite early on that when Leonie was translating for her mother, Poudine, it was actually the first time that she was hearing some of some of Poudine's account of what had happened to her and her and her husband back in the Congo and that was incredibly difficult to watch at one point we did stop the interview and ask if they perhaps wanted another translator if Leonie was finding it too difficult but she insisted that she wanted to be the one to tell her mother's story it is worth mentioning that we did recognize the position we were putting Leonie in as the translator so it is we we did cater to that and we did want to make sure that she felt safe and that she could remove herself at any point. One really interesting thing about this group of women was that out of everyone that we spoke to that day, they were the only refugees who were very open about the fact they had had negative interactions with Kenyans, in particular Kenyan men. That was surprising to us because I think a lot of the time you assume that when a refugee has reached a place like Nairobi, like Kenya, that they're going to be safe. And actually, for this group of women, a lot of their troubles really only began when they came to Nairobi. I think this was definitely the hardest one for me as an interviewer, because it was it's a very long account. And actually being able to talk directly to the subject instead of through a translator meant that um, Leonie was very much talking and addressing her story to me and the story of her mother and her sister and I felt very unsettled I felt very helpless and it really stayed with me this story yeah it's not an easy listen but it is definitely necessary I am 19 years old. When I came here in this country, life was struggling with more, with more things like people hating us because we are not Kenyans. So then I get a job. Generally, I, I left at work very late. I meet with the guys. They forced me. So I have unwanted pregnant. But... Now I'm feeling okay because I'm, I, my mother, she is in Save World War. I hope they will help me in everything that I will, I will be able to, to need. Can you tell me a bit about your journey as a refugee, sort of where you fled from and how you came here? Okay, we came from Congo in February 2017. We, 
we passed there to Busia. Then we came here with my mommy. I don't know more things because I, we was choked. Maybe my mother knows more things because they happened very faster. So we left at the school, then we came. I don't know more things. They happened very faster. It was very terrible. You speak very good English. When and where did you learn it? Okay, uh, my mother, when she was in Congo, she, t- she took me to learn English there to Uganda. I was learning, I, my, my lessons was there in Uganda from Nasali Primary and the Secondary High School. And do you speak English as well, or did you just fa- see that it was so important for her to learn English? Uh, my mother doesn't learn. She doesn't learn. She took me to school because she was a girl. She doesn't have a light for running. So then, but us, I have a brothers. They running and they have a people who, who are paying for them. And my mother paid for us in that time before. We ran away, we ran away from the country. But she doesn't learn. She doesn't know English any anymore. What has been the hardest part about being a refugee here in Kenya? It is very hard. People took us like a different people. They don't care for us. They don't care for us. Honestly, I can give you an example. Yesterday I went to watch a game and then I meet with Kenyan guys and uh, I was with my friend. They are Congolese like me. So then they kicked us away. They told us, you are not Kenyan, live here. They kicked us away. and. To get, to, to get someone who can feel free, it is very hard. We just help ourselves, don't have someone to help us. But we hope outside, where we are preparing to go to get freedom, we hope they will help us enough. What changes do you think need to be made for refugees here in Kenya? Okay, the changes we need, we need more helps, like more have a children, they don't have a help. For example, like my mother, but we are getting small help through Save World Wall. Like uh, more, more people having a children, they are like not normal, abnormal. Like uh, people doesn't have money for land, like other people, I don't know. But the change I need, if they are helping us to stay here, we can need freedom to feel free. And if we are, we are transferring to go outside, they can help us to get outside. How do you see your future? Okay, what I want from my future, the first is my family. I just want to see my mother learning, speaking English like others. I just want my mother to go outside and stay, stay with the people in different life from this, this life in Africa, walls, people hating us. It is very hard. The message I can give is to keep up and help people because God says that, to love each other. Yeah. Is your faith really important to you? What? Has, has your belief in God been a big part of your whole life? Yeah, of course. Through my mother, she told me about God. Not more, but I know a little. Yeah. But I think my mother can say more, but I don't know. Are you going to translate for her? It's okay. In the next part, Leonie translates for her mother, Pudine, when she uses words like sex or sexies, Often it's referring to male genitals. So if you could say your name and tell me a bit about, about your story. Mm-hmm. 
She's called Mukamugengarioni. She's coming from Tialasi and she used to stay there to Butura. She married the man who is a Congolese like her. And then at the time I was learning, learning, but Congolese doesn't accept them like Congolese. They told them to go to leave the country. And then before, they, my mother used to have a job for selling cows and goats. When she sell, they took money, they took her everything. The days come, they took her father, my brother was playing. And then my mother, they, they come to her again. They took them. When they get away, they just, they killed my father. They cut his sexy. And then they told my mother to go and eat his sexy. She said it was very terrible. terrible. We can go and eat in the Bamaze Kumukativiche Bamha in Yamaze Wengonzidje. They had my father into pieces. They told they forced her to eat his meats. And then my mother, she said she can't eat the meats of her, her husband. And then they, they asked her to sleep down like to sleep with her back, and then she sleep with her back. I love they slap, they they slap her with a stick to her stomach, and then they asked her to eat because it was very hard. She decided to eat that meat, but she ain't eat that meat of her that sex of her husband. They beat her. They beat her. When they found she's she looked like she's a dead. She's not going to survive. They left her there, and then. And then they, they go, they left her, and then they ask her to go with the, the sex of his husband. They was cut, it was cut. And then my mother, she said, I'm leaving. She took, she took that meat, they was there. And then they go, they, they thought she said, people who found her, they saved her and take her away. Go, and then when they get front, she meet with her sister, her sister, and then they, they, they took the children when they knew my mother and her husband, they, they, they taken with those people, with those killers, with those animals. They take her with their kids and then they they took them, they go, they took them and hide them. That's how my mother survived from Congo. Nasubiye mu rugo baragaruka nyuma y'igihe baraza basanga iyo sexy igihe cyarage zirabura abaturanyi barambyatiye ibike nako bazagaruka she went home with her husband our father's sex and then when she gets home they told her to bail it they told her you are not going to eat it because it is very smelling bad and dirty you can bury it and then they, they took my mother again, they put her in a Samu house, which is very big and very darkness, with a, another three women, women's. And then when they was there, those, there was a man like 10 or 9, they was forcing her in the ass and the, and the sex. Mama, 
I was fighting with those women because they blocked another woman like ten, uh, like six, um, like six or eight, and then my mother with those women, those women they begin they to say to each other let's fight ourselves they begin fighting with those men and when my mother went out she found she found they are fighting and then my mother she tried to find a way for running and then when she get away for running she landed and she met with her friends those are friends they took her and go and they hide her we are the Murugo, and then when she met with her friend, the, uh, that friend was helping my mother in different things. And then my mother, she told him, I don't even know where my children are. That man told her, don't worry, I'm going to look for your kids. That man went and asked for neighbors, have you seen Mugenga's children? They, he told, they, the neighbors told him, yeah, we know where they are, they are in safe place, they hide them. Then my, the, that man gone and took my brothers and bring those children to my mom. And then when that, that money came to my mother with my brothers, he gave my mother my brothers, and then he told my mother, you can stay here, let, we, let me take out of the country. That man, he was, he was a, a, a businessman like my father, and then my father was having a car too. They steal everything. My mother ran away from the country without anything I did. She ran away just without anything. And then she, that man took my mother to Uganda, and then with my brothers, uh, he, he, he told my mother, I'm going to take you somewhere where the, to the place which is safe. He took my mother to his friend, he asked my mother to stay there. He told my mother, stay here, it's safe. And then my mother, she stayed there to that man. She goes on to explain how the man who was helping them had got caught and killed when searching for her sons in the Congo. However, they were helped further with clothes and money by the man's friends who got them to Kenya safely and helped them with documentation. In the next part, she speaks about the organisation, which at the time of recording was called Save World Trust, but is now called Kintsuji. And then my mother, she was traumatising. When she was sleeping, she used to say, oh my God, I'm, we are going to die, they are going to burn me, oh my God, help me. Traumatising when she was sleeping. And then we heard the people talking about saviour, save the world. Together we can save the world. I asked them what that. They wasn't know the name of everyone. They told us it's a saviour. We told them, yeah, you can take us there, me and my mother. We gone there, and then they, they counseling us, they helped us to understand ourselves. They give, it, they give us a card. That's card, they, for, for sometimes they give us a food like beans, maize, and rice, more things. They just help us. And after that, my mother was meeting with the different diseases of consequence of those people falsed her, like she was pee for herself. She was, it was, she was just, I don't know how I can say, starving pee, uh, yeah, starving for herself.
Yeah, because they first said her, there was more people she met with the consequence, more diseases. We don't know where this is coming from. So then she's, she, she, she was very changed. She's hurting in her stomach. They swamp of the kid through her kidney. Sometimes she pee herself, she's starving. And when she's walking like five, five kilometers, her legs, it just come big. It's get fat and she hurt. Yeah. She said the life of this country is very hard. Why don't have someone to help her? She said, I used, it's me who was helping her and me too, I have a problem, I'm pregnant, unwanted kids, I don't know if I can get a job. It is very hard to her, she's very feeling lonely. And then for me, Abraham, everywhere she lent a house, they just kick her because of those diseases. They told her she's bringing a dirty in their place. She can look for a house, they kick her and they give the money, they paid her back the money they deposited for her land. Then every month, she just learn, learn from the house, go to another house. Yeah. And then my little sister who she was remain, she's over there. She's the other one who is smiling. She was selling a coffee at night. And then the guy sent, for her, sent to her the message. He told her if she can't sleep with him, he will kill him. And then when she told my mother those troubles, my mother told her, it's okay, stay. And then my mother, she told my mother how we will survive without eating, without money. And then my, my mother told her, stay, I will go to save World War. I will tell them the problem that you are having. And then I know they will help us. Pudin goes on to describe how the advice she was given was to go find help from officials. However, Pudin was scared to do so out of fear that if there were any arrests made, then the men would find a way to come back and kill her daughter. And then my, my mother told my sister to stay at home, not to, to, do not go to work. It is the better work. But serious, it is very hard. Pudin's daughter, Mary Mercy, then came over to join us and told us that even though she wasn't working, she still received messages from the man. Well, you knew him, man. This is the one. This is the one they sent for her a message. They told her they will kill her if she and sleep with that man. So when did so so when did you receive and how did you receive the message? She was very scared. She told me that when he when he saw me, he will kill me. He will show me this is a Kenya and it's not our country. It's their country. She, he, he told me that he will show me. And at, I don't know who he is. What did you do when you received that message? I, I told my mother. <coughs> she was very scared. She told my mother, but she was very scared. Probably scared. And when was this, sorry? Hmm? When was this? Happened. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I don't remember, but it just. Mm. Two months, two months ago, or three months, two months or three months ago. And you still don't know who sent it. Yeah. You just. 
I, I know him, but I don't know where he's going. Okay. That's very scary. That's... Yeah. The second time he, told, he asked me to strip with him. He told me, he asked me, you, Yanni, <laughs> he, told me, he asked me that your virgin, your virgin is, is very expensive. And then I, I told him, me, uh, you said I'm not, I'm not a Kenyan, so go and ask your, your citizen. How old are you? I have 16. So young. So young. Uh, she said that man, he told her, you, you, she, my sister is virginity. He told her, your virginity is very expensive. You can sleep with me and then I pay. I pay. You told me first time. I told her, he's lying to you. Maybe he just want to destroy your life. My sister told me, okay, I, I'm going to tell my mother. She's going to tell my mother. Those things happened after. When she told him, no, after that. And then me too. They forced me because they, they know I'm not Kenyan, because they know. It must be so hard for you as a mother to have to, to protect your daughters like this, and especially considering what you've been through. She said it is very hard through to the consequence of those diseases she deserves after getting falsed with those men. She thinks sometimes she can die very faster, so we can't get protect, protection in this country. You are very strong women. You're very strong women, all three of you. I mean, I'm in awe of your story, and I mean, thank you ind independently for sharing each of them. Um, is there anything sort of as a final note you want to say? The thing I want to say, all what I want to say is not, is just to ask. I don't have anything to say, it's only thank you. All what I want to say is to ask. Me, I ask you, Kate, for my family only. My family get fine. It's only what I want. To see my mother, she's a sick. Tonight she doesn't eat. Next time we don't have a food. My brother, they went to school, they're not eating. It is very hard. Me, all what I want is just help. Even today, they didn't eat that school. If you've been affected by today's episode and you'd like to donate to the organisation, you can find more details at kinsujiaid.org. You can also follow them on Instagram. <laughs>